0: Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek podcast.
1: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel.
0: Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who happen to have children on the autism spectrum. Join me, Elizabeth, and my co host Vicki as each week we talk about Star Trek episodes, both new and old. Are you ready for the adventure? Come join us on Moms Going Boldly. And welcome back to Moms Going Boldly, where today we're talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 1, Episode 9, All Those Who Wander. What did you think of this episode, Vicki?
1: I have a feeling we're going to have two different opinions, but I <laughs> <laughs> I really liked this episode. I really loved it. Okay,
0: I did too. Oh, okay. Even though it was very yeah. recognizable, and there were some points where I was kind of like, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and after two relatively lighthearted episodes, they really, really went dark on this one. Yes, this and one went
0: very dark.
1: And at first I was upset because I thought they gave the whole episode away in the previously Leon. I was like, well, why are they telling us it's the Gorn? But then it turned out to be more devastating than I originally imagined. Yeah. And I actually appreciated that twist. I mean, we knew it would be a Gorn episode, but we didn't know we'd lose a crew member. Right. So I appreciated that. And I was kind of surprised, actually, that they did a Gorn episode this season. I really thought they opened the door in that earlier episode and they were going to save it for a future season. But I guess if the other crew member really is gone for good, which I hope not, it makes sense that they did the Gorn episode now since it's part of her history. But I also have to admit that I was laughing. (laughs) I was thinking that you were probably losing your mind at the sight of another child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And of course, the first thing I said when I saw that child, when she was sitting on the thing, and they asked her her name, I said, Newt. <laughs> and my husband and my offspring started laughing because they thought too, I'm like, her name is Newt. Forget what she's actually saying, her name is Newt. <laughs> and that, by that point, we were all like, okay, we've seen this movie before. And that movie, and that movie, and that movie, and not movie <laughs> But you know what? Again, they took stuff that was derivative from other stories, but they completely turned it on their ear and made it new, and I liked it.
1: Yes, and not that we really thought O'Hara was going to leave. But, you know, in canon, we don't know how long she spent on this surprise before she went to the other Enterprise, so it could be that she left for a while and came back. Then It, it turned. Could be, and r-
0: because we know that they had characters leave in Discovery, I thought it was entirely possible they would have her leave and then maybe come back. Right,
1: but they turned it around and somebody else left. <laughs> so, I I kind of appreciated how they did that to us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well...
1: Not that I'm happy about the character who left, and I'm hoping they're not going for good, but, you know...
0: I totally, I totally agree with you, 100%. Okay, so we start off, and we're at a party. We've got Uhura doing a personal log, and she's talking about how she is done with her cadet rotation on Enterprise, and she's going to be leaving. And so then we go into Pike's quarters and they're having a big party for the cadets who are leaving. And it was at this point where they were talking about them. And I said out loud, there's Ahura and Cadet Redshirt. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they mentioned this cadet who we've never seen before and don't know anything about it, I'm thinking, she's gone. <laughs> right. So for the rest of the episode, I just called her Cadet Redshirt in my head.
1: Right. And the guy who got a promotion...
0: And then there was the guy who got the promotion who happened to be part of the away team when they moved forward here. So I was like, oh, it's one or the other of them. Right. Right. So, yeah. (laughs) Was I wrong about that?
1: (laughs) I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have him in a red shirt.
0: Right. So they're on their way to do a mission to Deep Space Station K-7, which, if memory serves, K-7 is the space station on which the trouble with triples occurred.
1: Was it? I kind of thought. I don't know, but
0: I think so. I didn't go look it up.
1: You know, I should know that because I just today, this morning, watched the Deep Space Nine Tribble episode.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Tri- trials and Tribulations. Yes. And I should have yeah.
1: paid attention. I wasn't even thinking about it.
0: So anyway, I, I could and I could be completely wrong, but I thought when they said that, I was like, oh, I think that's the one with the Quadro Triticale in its holes. Anyway, so you're having this big party, and then all of a sudden they get a priority one assignment from Starfleet, which was confusing because they already have this priority one assignment to K-7 to take power cells that, without which the whole space station will shut down. But So they decide to split up, and why Starfleet didn't already have this figured out, I don't know. But anyway, they decide to split up into two teams, one to take the power cells to the space station and the other one to rescue a downed ship from which they had received a distress call which of course as soon as you you know it's like horror movie 101 don't split up
1: <laughs> right and don't send an away team down to the yeah. planet and leave them they there they split
0: up and leave the away team on the down the planet with the down spacecraft that they can't hear from because there's ionization or whatever in the atmosphere so there's no way to communicate with them and the sort of uh, I don't even know how to uh, non-worriedness of the entire crew as they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go find out what made this ship crash on this planet that we can't communicate with anybody on." But it's all all good,
1: right? <laughs> Haven't we been through that already?
0: Right. <laughs> oh, it's just like Scooby Doo one one. Anyway, and it's really huge away team too. It's the captain and Spock and Uhura,
1: the entire medical staff,
0: the entire medical <laughs> staff, and Benga, Chapel. Hammer, the engineering chief, and then your redshirts, newly promoted Lieutenant Duke and Cadet Redshirt. <laughs> so I'm not even sure what her name is because I just called her that in my head. And Kirk, Lieutenant Kirk, who played in a very important role in this episode, very important. Get to that in a moment. So they get down there. It's freezing. There's an ice storm coming. The only one who's happy about this is Hammer because he's Andorian, so he's loving the cold weather, but everybody else is like, okay, we got to make it to the ship in such a long way and we couldn't get any closer and so we have to walk it. Oh my gosh, what is that? There's bloody debris everywhere. Something terrible happened. And I'm surprised that Law didn't spot it immediately.
1: That's what I was going to say, because this was the same circumstance, wasn't it? It they, was similar. They couldn't contact whoever they were trying to rescue. Yeah. It was kind of the yeah. same circumstance. And the bloody trails, I didn't understand that either.
0: And even though we, we were dealing with Gorn, as we talked about... Previously, we were dealing with adult Gorn, and right. this time we were dealing with baby Gorn. But even so, she had seen the outcome of baby Gorn in the past. Right. So I'm just surprised that she didn't recognize that, or at least her hackles go up. She was surprisingly calm after seeing bloody bits everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they were all out in the cold rather than in the ship and the Gorn don't like the cold. I mean, with her sort of hyper uh, sensitivity to all issues, Gorn, I I would have expected her to be a lot more. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This could be a real. You know, I just she really wasn't compared to previous episodes.
1: Right. Exactly. Now,
0: maybe it's the post-traumatic stress therapy that she's receiving that's help helping her not. React like it's always the gore. Maybe I don't know. I'm they saying, did mention it. Yeah, pretty specifically. I'm guess
1: I'm guessing that's the impression we're supposed to get.
0: Yeah. So the group finally arrives at the spaceship, and again they commit crime number one. They split up. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the medical staff is out trying to <clears throat> catalog who's outside and the pieces that are outside. And then part of the group is in. Some of them go to the bridge to figure out what was going on there. Some of them go to engineering to figure out what was going on there. Some of them go someplace else to figure out what was going on there. And then some of them go to medical. And they finally figure out that the ship had accepted some stranded people mm-hmm. on board. A little girl, a big blue species guy, and an Orion.
1: Okay, tell me what that's meant. That- species I had
0: never seen that species before it
1: reminded me of something and maybe it wasn't Star Trek but it reminds me of something it won't come to me I've seen that and I don't know where
0: I did not recognize the species looked a little bit like the blue elephant guy from Star Wars but other than that
1: I don't know Star Wars so I wouldn't know that I I'm just sure that I've seen that it may, Dr. Who Maybe I don't know I don't know
0: yeah we'll have to think about it I don't know But anyway, okay, so that's when they realize, after they're able to pull up enough of the logs to find out about, you know, what happened to the ship, that they learn that the Orion was infected with Gorn eggs. And he tried to stop the babies from emerging within him, which is very, very similar in experience as the original Alien. Did you see the original Alien? Yes,
1: years ago. I I only saw it once, but yes, you're right.
0: It came out when I was 13. And I did not go see it, because it was clearly a horror movie, and I wasn't really into horror movies. (laughs) But I had a girlfriend who went to see it, so it was very scary.
1: It was, yeah. slept with the
0: light on for days. Yeah, it
1: was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't see the original Alien for, like, years. But I saw Aliens when it came out, because I think it came out, I don't know how much longer after that. But that was a great movie. I really enjoyed that movie. I was old enough to enjoy that movie by then.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure I saw that one. I know I did see the original, though.
0: Aliens is the one where Sigourney Weaver is wearing the big um, tech suit that's like a big load lifter suit and she's fighting the queen alien.
1: There was one Voyager episode and I don't remember which one it is that Janeway was fighting those things. Yes. And that's always what it reminded me of.
0: Exactly. I must
1: have seen some of it.
0: And that episode was um, that was the one with the macro viruses.
1: Yeah. And she had the T-shirt on, and
0: it was it was full Sigourney Yeah. It was full Ripley.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely,
0: I agree. Now we know what the what the enemy is. These baby Gorn that skitter like the alien did, and disappear into air shafts like the alien did, and attack you like the alien did. I mean, it was just it's all full alien, <laughs> but in a fun way. And these folks are trying to figure out how to deal with this. And it's quite terrifying. And I thought they presented the horror and the jump scare really, really well. And we should explain that the blue species that we can't identify was also infected with the Gorn eggs. But they couldn't find it because they apparently don't register on their biosensors. Right. And they don't register on their tricorders when they're running around the air vents. And so they can't tell if the little girl has been infected, too. Because this isn't working. So it's just, it's very, very scary, very bizarre. So then these things are running around this crashed ship. First thing they do is they kill Cadet Redshirt. And then they grab Lieutenant, I just got promoted. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And Spock was there and there was nothing he could do about it. And it was really interesting because earlier in the episode, Spock and chapel we're talking about what how spock must be really kind of a storm a force of nature when he's angry and he's like our you know emotions are very volatile which is why we don't allow ourselves to access them right and we realized that watching lieutenant duke be killed by the gorn babies really kind of i don't know whether it was watching him die or the fact that he couldn't stop it but it like really pushed his emotional control to the limit what do you think it was
1: i think it was because he couldn't stop it okay well i don't know it could I, actually it could be both a little of both yeah yeah
0: so we've got uhura and hammer in engineering trying to get everything restarted because one of their orders was to salvage the ship and bring it back See so, you know, save the crew and salvage the ship if possible so they're doing a great job there except that a baby gorn leaps out at them and spews venom at hammer and it hits him, then they all retreat back to sickbay. And now they're trying to figure out how to stop them. And so they use what they know about them. Lawn tells them that baby Gorn are very aggressive with each other. They will kill each other first before they kill others because they all want to be alpha. And they are also very sensitive to the cold. So they come up with this plan to allow the Gorn to kill each other first and then lure the Alpha, the surviving Alpha Gorn, to a place where they could freeze him, I'm guessing like with nitrogen?
1: Yeah, that's what I think it was, yeah.
0: And then Lon, who, who used herself as bait, she like takes a piece of metal and breaks the frozen Gorn into pieces. But before they come up with this plan, everybody's in sickbay trying to figure out what's going on and Lieutenant Kirk is flipping out. And he's, he's our, our, our Corporal Hudson. Game over, man. Game over. I was just waiting for him to say. <laughs> <laughs> so that's his important role is playing our Hudson for us in this redo of both not only aliens, but they gave us a view from the Gorn's perspective of the heat signature of all the crew members it was chasing. So we had a little bit of Predator too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was so much fun. <laughs> So anyway, they are successful in destroying the last of the Gorn.
1: We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, Doug Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Doug here from the 13th Warehouse. If you are a fan of Eureka, please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka at EurekaRewatch.com. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, please join Kim and Vicki over at the 13th Warehouse at the13thwarehouse.com. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse.
1: And we're back.
0: Unfortunately, the venom that the Gorn spits out is not only something that might help them eat their prey by disabling them if they hit their eyes... But also is the way that they impregnate creatures with more of their babies. And Hemmer has Gorn babies growing inside of him.
1: Right. And Lon says this. Didn't she know when it hit Hemmer that that's what it was?
0: Probably. But she probably didn't want to freak people out until it was time.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: And they did say that the development of the Gorn babies was very specific to the species right. that was impregnated. So some were faster, some were slower. You know, maybe she thought they'd had time with it. You know, Endorian yeah. had never been impregnated before. They didn't know how much time they had. Anyway, a uh, couple of the highlights from this is while they're trying to lure the Gorn babies out into fighting with each other and then chasing whomever so it can get frozen. Spock accesses his anger in order to challenge the Gorn baby. Right. And Chapel's not wrong. It was a tempest. And they tried to talk Hammer into waiting, see if there was some way that they could get the babies out of him and stop him, but he refused. And he essentially went outside into the cold and took his own life to stop the Gorn babies from being born again. And Chapel tries to help Spock, who is having a hard time controlling his feelings now, his emotions. And she tries to tell him that his emotions don't make him weak. They make him human, which is probably not what he wants to hear.
1: Right. I was thinking that, too. That's not making him feel better, right?
0: Right. Exactly. And there looks like there's a moment there. And I'm thinking, don't do it. Don't do it. And then he walks away. Thank God he didn't do it. Right. And then we learn that uh, Lon wants to leave the Enterprise because she wants to help Newt, whose real name is Oriana, who's the only survivor of this ship. She wants to f- help her find her family because she understands how hard it is to be alone after being attacked by the Gorn. So she requests to leave of absence, and the captain gives it to her. And so she's leaving the Enterprise. Right. Um... And then we get one, the last scene is, is that Uhura is there saying goodbye, I guess. And then she stops and looks at the communication station. And I thought that meant that she was staying.
1: I thought so, too, because she had a big smile on her face.
0: Yeah. And it was really hard. Hammer's death really hit her hard because she had finally connected with him. And they had a really interesting conversation where uh, she was saying that she doesn't like meeting people. And he was like, actually, that's not true. You love meeting people. You're just afraid of losing people again. So you don't let yourself do it. And then, of course, she lost him. Right. But maybe, you know, this was almost like, you know, losing her family which was a story that we learned about, a backstory we learned about before she came to the Enterprise, caused her to come to the Enterprise. But, and so now it looks like losing Hemmer is going to keep her there.
1: Yes, that's exactly. So
0: she ran away before and now she's staying after, which I think is a really cool, nice little emotional arc.
1: Absolutely for her, yes.
0: So I think that's it. Did I miss anything?
1: I don't think so. I got a little chuckle out of Spock's Another Earth Drinking Game.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) How many are there? Are there no? (laughs) Hundreds. Yeah. Buy him a drink. uh, Because then that's funny because what happened was, is he accidentally called the newly promoted Lieutenant Duke Benson. And so then someone says, you have to buy him a drink. Right. And that's Another Drinking Game. And he's like, Another Earth Drinking Game?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm wondering, they've gotten rid of two (laughs) cast members two, I think, popular cast members. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what they're doing. Why are they getting rid of two popular cast members at the end of the season?
0: That's a good question. Is the season over? Was this the last episode? Well, next season?
1: next episode is the last one. Okay.
0: Well, well, I will say this. I mean, when you're talking about a military entity or even a pseudo-military entity, which is what, really what Star Trek is, sort of pseudo-military People do come and go, so that's True. not I- inaccurate for, for a sense of realism, I guess, is the word I'm looking for.
1: Like I said, I don't watch anything before we record, but I certainly do after we record just to see if any, yeah. everybody has the same opinions. And those two seem to be pretty popular.
0: Yeah, I certainly like Lawn. Yeah. And I like Hammer.
1: So, so I'm not sure what, what's going on. If you look on IMDb, because they have three episodes up for season.
0: I am there now, so I've got it. Yep.
1: But if you look at the cast, they're not even showing any of the regular cast yet. They're showing James Kirk and they show, what's her name, to Pring in almost every episode. So they're trying to hide something from us, obviously. Right. That was the first thing I did. I knew those were up and I went to look at the cast for next season to see if Lon was there. And they're not showing any regular cast members, they're just showing uh, James Kirk in the first episode and it looks like to pring is shown in all three but none of the main cast so i don't know i think there's going to be something some kind of uh i don't know i think they're going to turn everything on its heels next episode all right i mean not well, that i don't think the regular cast is coming back but they're surely trying to hide something from us
0: yeah yeah all right well we'll we'll have to wait and see that's okay with me i don't mind having cast members come and go i'm okay with that
1: no, so am I. But it's just odd that they'd get rid of two. Right?
0: I, I agree. You want to hang on to the ones that are popular. I agree. And Hammer, I really enjoyed Hammer. And we were just getting to know him. Right. Um, and sort of seeing all the layers of his character. All right. Um. So what would you give this episode on a scale of 1 to 10?
1: Oh, definitely a 9.
0: Really? Okay, yeah. I'm only an 8 on yeah. this one.
1: No, I did really like it. And when I like an episode, it doesn't always mean that I like what happens. Right. I I know know, that. I don't like to see people die and I don't like to see kids die. But I I like the way it was done.
0: Maybe even an eight and a half. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, I really did. It kept me engaged. I wasn't bored. You know, I was was there the whole time, even though I was like, oh, here's Predator. Oh, here's Alien. Oh, here's Alien. Oh, there's Scooby-Doo. So anyway, all right. Well, we invite our... Uh, Listeners, to join us next time when we talk about Star Trek Strange New World Season 1, Episode 10, A Quality of Mercy. Okay, we'll we'll see see you then. then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter, at Ross Bugden. Licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org.
1: You can listen to Moms Going Boldly on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. And we're now also available on Apple Podcasts.
0: complete.